Welcome to episode 134 of the Court Said Indiana podcast. We're recording on the 4th of July. Nick is Nick Baumgart joining us as he has done most of the spring and summer seasons. Um, not, not a whole lot to talk about. We, the pro player showcase was this past weekend at Greenwood High School. That was a good event. Good, good tune up event for July. I think that's kind of taken the place of, especially with the NCAA calendar, it's kind of taken the place of playing in between the, the two open periods. The um, It's nice to get, you know, we're still playing three events in July. We're getting one out of the way and getting a little bit of some practice games before we go down and play the games in front of coaches and then get a little bit of a week off, give these guys a time to rejuvenate and then play again the, the final open period and, and boom, summer's over. That'd have been you. Would you have liked that when you played? Not that that's going to be a huge topic of discussion today, but you mean the pro player event? Yeah, yeah, it sounds fun. I mean, but but you know, remember back then everybody played everybody anyway, so it wasn't like we had to, you know, have a special event for it. But yeah, no, I mean, I think I love the idea behind it. Um, yeah, I mean, anytime you can get the best kids playing against each other. It's good. It's a good experience. I mean, the worst, some of the worst things I've seen this summer from on the high school and AAU has been, you know, kids just not getting pushed, not, you know, not getting tested. Um, that's how you get, you get better. You play against the best, the best of the best. And so, yeah, anytime, anything like that, love it. How'd it go? I mean, it's obviously good, but you know, I enjoyed it. We had a couple teams drop out our schedule. Actually, our game time didn't change, but our, our opponent changed a couple times. Who dropped out? D1 Indiana dropped out. Either that or they weren't planning on playing, and I, you know, who knows? Stuff like that. No big deal. Then we played some D elite. We were supposed to play some D elite team. I don't know if that was just a, a placeholder for what eventually became Canada elite. Devin Kennedy had a – but the, the Devin Kennedy team was just a local – pre-existing team that just changed their name for this weekend i guess i don't i thought the whole thing was pro player like you had to be like a pro well devin kennedy's a pro oh okay sorry and he's even he's even part i mean he's nba as well pro player is pro player i i'm with i think i think they're including nfl i think they're including definitely including nfl you know colvin's group was in it um so that was but it's a no. but it's a good event. I think there was probably all told probably eight programs represented, and it's better than playing a bunch I'm of club teams. I'm not a player, than, but I crush a lot, Jim. Yeah, better than playing a bunch of club teams. No, I'm with you. Like I said, uh, did uh, um, Halliburton? They did not come. Uh, they did not come down. Larry Hughes came over from Missouri. But yeah, Halliburton's group. If they did, they didn't come down and. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think they did. I guess I shouldn't say that. Just because we didn't play doesn't mean they they didn't come down, right? Yeah, uh, they did not come down at least at seventeen and under. So it was, um, you know, and then a weird one was, Jordy Halls had a group. He's got that JH1 group that was primarily out of Wisconsin, but he still had the team here in Indiana. 
But then when he took the, the job at IU, he had to disassociate himself for all that. So they came out this weekend just in sort of generic uniforms and they were they were they were on a scramble here for the month of July, just trying to get stuff ready to roll. Um, sort of an unusual circumstance pop up and lovely NCAA rules. Doesn't matter that the money's already been paid. You just can't have your name out there. Evidently, I don't. Can't wait for college coaches to sue for name, image, and likeness. <laughs> or in this case, staff people. I think staff people should have name, image, and likeness freedoms as well. Like the NCAA, nothing the NCAA does ever makes sense. I, I honestly think at this point, it's the Truman Show. If you've not seen it, you'd have to. One of the best Jim Carrey movies where, you know. Right. I feel like that's the NCAA. I feel like maybe maybe we're involved in this Truman Show game with the NCAA. I mean, I don't even know how you – they do stuff that doesn't even make sense. We're not going to get into it on this one, but, you know. The Truman Show, The Matrix, it's all the, it's all variations of the same plot twist, which is mm-hmm. we're not in as much control as we think we are. But, mm-hmm. you, know, the, you know, the of course, I have my theory on – legislative bodies whether they be athletic organizations or, or government is the, the collective iq is uh, in in group settings is less than the mean so um the more the more the more you put these people together the more you put these people together the, the less logical they they behave so i think it's more for them to go to dinner parties and say you know yeah i'm a vp of whatever at the ncaa not not digging too far down that rabbit hole. I, I a lot of times rules like that are are meant to to curb abuses, you know the the extremes. If you didn't if you didn't uh, you know, if you didn't there would be some massive you know massive amounts of taking. I mean, look what's happening with the NIL stuff is you know they've people are just thumbing their ro- their nose to the spirit of what the what sort of became the rule, which was to not use it as a recruiting inducement. Not that we didn't know that wouldn't wouldn't happen it's just a it's just humorous to think that that would that the ncaa didn't think that would happen and how how clearly they don't understand the landscape of their own environment jim correct me if i'm wrong right but this the the whole nil thing came about right because the ncaa sat on their hands until the point yeah absolutely so you know it's the same thing with this whole recruiting situation you know the ncaa has not so I coached a team last year, right? We picked up a little team. Well, we won our last 13 games. We played prep hoops events and different. I mean, it wasn't like we we were playing some decent tournaments. Right. But, but what I found, I was so let down by the whole experience because what it is, is a lot of people with their hand out in people's pockets and AAU to me is really good for probably the top 20, 25% of kids. Um, And then after that, let's be clear. Let's be clear on something. So, I Uber and Lyft a little bit. Yeah. Uh, do it. Do it a lot of mornings. Uh, to uh, I do it. I do it in December and January a lot, just because the things that I normally do don't make a lot of money in the dead of winter, and the the the, the groups the, the main group that I'm associated with, and then in losing a client during COVID because not because he passed or anything, but he gave up his business and went into the private workforce. Um. I just Uber in the mornings to make up that money. And it, it's, it's a relaxing thing to do, but you, you also get a chance to get to know, you know, meet people, not get to know them, but meet people. And every now and then you get caught downtown into like this little, I call it a blender where you just go from, you just 
ping back and forth from hotel to venue, venue to hotel, restaurant, blah, blah, you know, whatever it is. And this past week was there's a girls volleyball, massive volleyball event down there. And as bad of a rap as AAU basketball takes on stuff like money, it, it pales in comparison to any other sport. Any other sport. Sure. I mean, you think about it. The the kids in our program, the kids in the programs I've been affiliated with are, are sometimes charged nothing. Sometimes they're charged 300 bucks, 350. Sometimes they're charged 600. I know one program that charges 1200. The, the least expensive charge I heard this past week was 5,500 bucks to do girls volleyball. So we as basketball people probably shouldn't pile on too bad on the boys side. And they're paying 30, 40 bucks to get into these venues because the girls are playing three, four games in a day. And to the NCAA's credit, that's one thing they've tightened up is, is you, we can only play two games in a day. I, that's awesome. They're still tired by the end of the week, but at least they're not, they're not overdoing it. And another, another topic for another podcast. It is, it is. And, and but at the same time, it's, I don't Others. see how playing three games in a day. I mean, come on, man. Like, no, it's exhausting. It's not great. Up, when we were growing up, they're not playing three games every day for a month. They're playing three games a day here, there. I mean, I don't think you should be able to play three games maybe back to back, but I don't see anything wrong with playing. That third game is useless in a given day. I mean, it, it is about who is the, the tougher team, you yeah. know, and, luck, and luckily, or, 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 but it's, it's just, it's, the gameplay is a shell of what it, a shell of what it normally is. I don't think kids are in shape as as well as they should either. I mean, I watched well, a workout the other day, right, with a top twenty twenty four kid. Um, he wasn't even ready for the workout. I mean, he was. Well, if he's not in shape, shape after if they if he's not in shape after June, then he's in he's in deep trouble because yeah. one one thing I could say, our guys were were back in tip top shape after June of as much work as they put through a lot of these guys played a full season in june yeah i don't i mean i don't disagree with that but i just i think it happens more than i think kids need to hear that like if you want to play college basketball like the first thing you got to do is get in shape yeah i cannot i cannot express that enough though i mean you you know literally i had my league split the speed is so much faster than if you think hey i can just deal with it you know again a topic for another time but well, let's get the recruiting update. We clearly we don't have much to talk about today. <laughs> I think we're doing this. We're doing it. We're doing it this week because we we should do it this week, right? We're podcasting this week. I guess yeah. that's probably that's probably on me. I'm gonna go but, watch a workout later. I'm, are you? No, I'm not here to party. No. But I, we are I, gonna. We do have we do have one thing to talk about right now. Let's do the recruiting stuff. Uh, getting getting caught up on that from last week. Jack Benner received an offer from Purdue. Uh, from he's just a junior he's a junior from Brownstown Central if you don't know much about him he's probably going to leave Brownstown as their all-time leading scorer about time that Purdue got in I would imagine he'll end up being close to top 10 all-time leading scorer in the state certainly in the ballpark Gavin Welch picked up an offer from uh, Indiana State the the senior forward from Newcastle Jake Davis senior forward from Cathedral picked up an offer from Northwood Marcus Burton picked up three offers this week. 
one from Appalachian State, one from Illinois, Chicago, and one from Western Michigan. David Merriweather, a big man from Lawrence North, picked up an offer from Illinois State. Jermaine Coleman, as well as Zane Dowdy, both seniors. Uh, Coleman from Park Tudor, Dowdy from Ben Davis, picked up offers from Valparaiso. Sam Orm picked up an offer from Belmont, senior forward from Carmel. Nolan Cumberland, a guard from Tippecanoe Valley, picked up an offer from Trine. Sheridan Sharp picked up an offer from Ben Davis, or picked up an offer from Kent State. He goes to Ben Davis. Uh, Jalen Mullen, what, hold on. KJ uh, Windham picked up an offer from Akron. He's a junior at Ben Davis. Uh, let's see, is that everybody on the offer front? Mason Jones picked up an offer from Ball State, and then what, two days later, committed to Ball State? So he's a he's a wrap, and Jalen Mullen committed to Oakland City, the senior guard out of North Davies. Mason Jones, as I mentioned, I didn't say he's a senior forward from Valparaiso. Obviously, Benner pulling in a high major offer is is it's a big deal that that frames his recruiting pretty early in the process. Um, you know that's. He's an outstanding shooter. I think he's figuring out other ways to be a scorer. You know, and I think the next question is going to be is, again, as we often talk about, does he do it against like my, like like talent, similar talent, and and coaching? Does he do it there? I mean, he he looked good in the the early stages against Carmel down at at IU. Um, and then as as they started to adjust to Brownstown's movement, which kudos to Brownstown for heading in there into IU team camp being ready to play. As they adjusted, he he found a little bit tougher once he, you know, as he got to the paint. Any anytime he got past his his man, even get a hip on him, it, it got a little tougher as the game went on. Um. So that's that's going to be something he's going to have to answer. And you know, I I think he's comparable. Why is a good comparable? Is Connor Siegen a good comp? Better playmaker, <clears throat> better shooter. I mean, exactly. you got to understand. I mean, to me, Connor Siegen looked looked the part, right? But his shot selection was a little. It brought his numbers down. We'll see, you know. But to me, you know, you wouldn't want to put Connor the ball in Connor's hands. But I could see, I could see if he goes to Purdue, he could be. And dad's six seven. Dad was a really good player at Hanover. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he could be six six, six seven himself. And I think he's yeah. going to be play both both spots. Um, yeah, some of that will be how much he grows. Yeah, absolutely. Um and, and you, play, you look at him, he looks still looks pretty young. Better vision. Um, you know, Connor certainly made a lot of of the of the shots that Jack can make, but I just think, man, I'm Really high on Jack. He's special. To me, a player comp um, would be closer to like a Braden Smith with five inches or whatever. Um, he's not that kind of playmaker. There, yeah. and he's not he's not that quick. No, but I mean, he's not Connor Siegen. No, but you know, Con hey, Jack's his own player. I mean, I'm just saying you're trying. Well, I know, but yeah, I'm just trying to compare him to people who kind of play a similar position as him. I don't, he's not, 
Yeah, no, I would, I would, I would compare him to Braden Smith, a taller Braden Smith. Yeah, now, Braden not, Smith has crazy vision. I, he's I not that it. kind of a playmaker. There's, there's, I mean, I don't, there's no damn way. Sorry. We, I just hold hard. No, first of all, not many players are that, <laughs> have that kind of. I'm not comparing. I, I wouldn't compare him to Connor Seijan either. But I mean, you did that. I, I'm just—he's his own. Well, at player. least, at least they play the same position. I mean, Jack Bender's not going to Purdue and playing the point. It's not happening. I mean, they're fine with that. I mean, I'm just not, saying he's not going to go there and be a primary ball handler. He's—I mean, I think he would struggle against that level of quickness anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, people would have said a lot of things about Braden Smith two years out too but i mean you know we'll see, Damn, we'll see where know. jack goes i'm just saying i'm saying to you when i saw him as a freshman and i was having a conversation with his dad i said this kid's a high major player and he oh, said yeah. no, i don't know well hold on he said i don't know we'll we'll see you know i said the athleticism comes he's a high major player i mean he's just he's just different i mean no he's not the the play i mean Braden smith is super special i mean you're talking about a kid who's six foot if you stretch him out six foot maybe you could make a case he's sub six foot right with a really good wingspan but he's sub six foot you have to be super special to be able to play um so you know yeah well head to top of the head to your to the floor means nothing you know you get he's got a six six wingspan that, I'm saying, that means know, a lot. Yeah. That means a hell of a lot more than how how tall your head is. Yeah, in truth, but I mean, in in reality, but what I'm saying, when I did, I looked through 130 Division One schools in Indiana last year, where there were 10, um, and they had 13 scholarships each, so 130 spots. Yeah, 126 of the 130 were over six one. Well, we talked about that when he committed. I mean, that's so. so I'm just saying the numbers. When I, look just, back, I guess I'm just debating the, the compare Jack. Let's be like saying you're comparing. I don't know. I think he's more of a ball handler than what people give him credit for. I mean, I think he's not at that level. I mean, playing playing being a primary ball handler at Central. Well, being a primary ball handler at Central Noble in Brownstown Central versus being a primary ball handler at hell even the you know mixed school or you know obviously in this case center grove are are two entirely different things i mean people are always going to um um you know they're going to take away from from kids from southern indiana i get that that's fine no they're not i last time i checked central noble's not in southern indiana did they did they all of a sudden move down to southern indiana why did I never said Central Noble was. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, but I'm, ma- I'm making a, I'm making a comparison to kids that are playing smaller school schedules. They're not going to face guys on a regular basis in their school schedule that are going to challenge them athletically. Yeah, we'll see. Um, now, that doesn't mean I don't think he'll do well. I just didn't. The, the comp to Braden Smith was like, whoa. Well, the comp to Connor Seijan was like, whoa, too, to me. I mean, I think he's... Well, at least they're similar-sized and and play a similar position. I mean, Benner's going to go to... Per- Benner, Benner goes to Big Ten, he's going to be a wing. I don't, I don't look for him to be 
I mean, that's like you look. I would compare him to to Stefanovic, to Sasha, in that regard. Yeah, I mean, I think he's got more range. Um, he had to do a ton of ball handling at Crown Point. He didn't do zip at Purdue as far as ball handling and playmaking. It'll be interesting. Interesting question. You know, I mean, we'll know a little more this year. I mean, I think that by your junior year, you're pretty much showing signs of of. So you know, but I'm I'm open to. I'm open to seeing him as a combo guard anyway. I mean, if, if, if people thought Christian Lander was a point guard, um, Jack Benner is a point guard. Well, just saying. I can't help the Southern Indiana people. Got a little <laughs> bit of a chip on our shoulder. Can't, I can't help the Evansville people in their view of what comes out of there sometimes, but, but again, a lot of that, a lot of that goes to this. What do you mean? Nobody, the person that, that, that hurt, Christian Lander was not really anybody from Evansville. That was more um, Brian Snow. Mm -hmm. We can we can talk about that story if you want, but I mean, I mean, I know I know who. Obviously, the kids can't help. I mean, kids obviously can't help what others in other positions think of them. Sure, there's a responsibility that Brian Snow has, right? Well, I don't think he was doing other than the fact that he thought it. Then he's incompetent. I mean, well, he, I mean, he, he, he made that bet. Christian would have been a, a really good college player had he, had he, had he just come in a little less hot. I mean, that's just, I just feel like it changed things. People's expect the one thing that you're always going against are expectations, right? So, I mean, some guy turns on this podcast and it's like, I'm not expecting much from these two bozos and they're, hey, you know what? Uh, you know. Yeah turn on the podcast and you think oh this is going to be the best thing ever and suddenly you're it's the same thing your expectations are in a lot of times are going to dictate the narrative and, and well, well lander had adults in the room too who who soaked it who who fed into that yeah you gotta be careful who you listen to but um yeah and and, and you know uh, being slept on having a having a skeptic certainly in your circle anyway, to kind of, you know, punch, try to punch holes in your game is not a bad thing. No, um, it's never a bad thing. Immediately get, oh, he's a hater. Oh, he's, you know, I have people all the time, they'll say, well, what do you think? What's your opinion? I say. I always yeah. tell the kids, I always tell the kids I coach, don't worry about what I tell you. I'd worry more about what I tell their people. I mean, what I tell them is. Do you want, like, do you want the truth? That's why. Is always, say. is always critical critical base no, critical isn't isn't always negative it's just critical critical thinking critical analysis critical you know constructive criticism it's it's um for me there's always one step one thing they could do better now at the same time i still acknowledge when they play well jim jim my mama told me when i was growing up that i was just the cutest little little boy little guy little feller and i went to school and i started you know none of the cute None of the hottest girls want anything to do with me in, in first, yeah. second grade. And I was just like, I was, turns out I wasn't as cute as, I, as mama thought I was. Yeah, well, it's all right. Anyway. She won't be the only mama that does that. Hey, easy, easy. There's, there's a few out there. All right, Garway Dual leaves Carmel for mm-hmm. pop-up prep school in California, whatever the heck they're called. I, I look, one of the things I tweeted was, I'm certainly glad that I'm on record both 
in, on social media and on this podcast for my my uh, love of <laughs> undergrad prep schools. Um, the so that way people can't just call it sour grapes. Uh, we've 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 spoken at length about these situations. Um, obviously, there are some legitimate situations out there that do a good job that um, are in it more than just for assembling talent or trying to find bigger jobs or whatever it is that they're trying to do. Um, but and the the funny thing is, talking with a couple people over the weekend. Evidently, I was the first one to speculate that he might not come back to Carmel. Yeah, I had, a, I had a college coach tell me at Charlie Hughes that when he didn't show up to that first game. Well, there was some question as to whether or not he was around. Like, if when the USA when did USA basketball end? I know he didn't make the team, but but there was some travel there. But then he was around the team because I made a comment too to. Or I asked a question of where was he, and, and boom, all of a sudden he came around the corner. So mm-hmm. um, some of that I, may have been a little bit overblown, but I saw him too, and I thought, ah, that coach was full of shit. Sorry if I can't say that. Yeah, he's right. A couple of bigger words we can't say. Okay. But. Um. Yeah. So go ahead. Finish. I mean, I'm hearing I'm hearing Providence doesn't like the fact that he's going to the West Coast. You think? That's the first thing I thought was, ooh, wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many there's so many good legitimate prep schools on the East Coast. Brewster best, was best Brewster, Brewster was mentioned. It's the best basketball up there. Northeast is the best prep basketball in the country, right? So, you know, I know, and I know a lot of that. Some of that is post grad stuff, but mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't know if there's a division in those two concepts or not. I don't know how that plays out. Um, you know, Jeff Shanley would, would know he was coached up there in that, that conference or that division, that part of the country um, for a couple of years. But yeah, those are, le- those are legitimate schools. The, the academic thing on this, on this SoCal prep Academy is, is some pretty high comedy to read. It's, it's extremely vague, extremely nonspecific, and I got to believe it's exactly the approach they take with it as well. So I don't know. You know, it's one of those things, you know, people have asked what, whether his departure, how it will impact Carmel. I mean, they, he, he obviously has had a great spring and summer. He is obviously capable of being electric. And I, and I definitely know that Carmel was looking forward to, having him in an expanded role and a bigger role. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to come in. It's tough to just come in and play for a team that requires you to play without the basketball a great deal of the time, even, even for guys like Pete Suter, even for, you know, Charlie Williams, guys that had already been, you know, already had their division one, their, their college decisions made it, a vast majority of the time they don't have the basketball in their hands. And, you know, he, he did not, he did not do well the beginning of the year, just struggled. And that's, again, that's typical. I don't think anybody expected him to just step in, 
even had a couple of games at the JV level just to get him going, like to get him to be aggressive, especially with the ball. Um, and he got better as the year went on now. What it, where he contributed at every turn was defensively. Other than maybe overhelping sometimes, overcommitting, or, may, you know, just little awareness issues off the ball. But, but definitely a playmaker. And they will miss that side of him. There were times they could put him in the game and he could, he could impact it. The Anderson game was definitely one of those. Um, and, you know, he could, change the, he could change the direction of the ball in a hurry. And that's something that um, Carmel was going to count on happening. And, and, and I, I know they'll, they'll miss that. Uh, not that they can't figure out other ways to manufacture it because they still have good athleticism and length despite him not being there. But I don't know. The, the decision when you've already committed, when you've already done this, to, to, go to, a, to go to a situation like this is just, like I said, I'm glad that I'm on record in, in long before this podcast of how I feel about these situations. Um, so I can't be accused of being a homer. I think it's stupid. Um, I, I, somebody wants to reach out to me and argue with that. That's fine. And I, and I know that sometimes there's some, obviously some decent situations, some good situations that uh, get offended because we get messages and saying not all prep schools are alike. And I agree with that. But I still don't know, and, and Garway being committed won't certainly won't change this this level of thinking. I still don't know who's recruiting is vastly changed by doing this. Um, I, I would say this one thing though: I, I have maintained one one side of this though. If if where you play in high school is nowhere near where you're going to play in college. I could see something like this being intriguing to a player, especially if the results have been there in the past. And that would have been the, the one I'm thinking of is Gabe Gillespie who left Andrean to go to Don Bosco. Um, you know, I don't know that anybody else that, that took that path that their recruiting changed all that much. Any input on that? Yeah, I mean, I think we could do a study. We could we could co-sponsor a study, and we would sit down and look at everybody who goes to a uh, prep school. No, I'm not saying post grad. Completely. Yeah, post grad is completely different. Absolutely. Post grad. If kids want to take an extra year and have the capability to do that in a competitive situation, that is, they're not leaving a situation. They're not leaving a good situation. They're just extending their opportunity. You know, and I've and then there have been occasional time where even a, going a junior college route to get re-recruited has been the way to go for for those who are eligible. You know, I because would, they, I would there you don't have to wait two years. When you're eligible, you can still get you can get re-recruited right away. Yeah, but I like always recommend to kids. I say, you know, and people let's repeat it: post grad and prep are different. And I always say. Prep going to prep school, and this was the thing with Christian Lander. He was if he didn't go early, he was going to go to prep school. He was not going to go back to rights. And I kept my opinion to myself, and I, I didn't tell Dad or you know anybody. They didn't ask. But if it's my kid, he's going back to rights with Mike Adams, and he's going to win win the dang state championship. Um, that would be my mentality. Going to prep school, it sounds like it's a great thing, but what ends up happening is 
there's a reason that you're not <laughs> your recruitment's not what it is. It's because of the player you are. Right. Um, it's <laughs> not anything. Especially if you're in a position, especially if you're in a position where you can play the way you're going to play in college. Sounds to me, you know, with, with Garvey's situation. And again, I'll probably hear about this, but it, it sounds like there's some outside, not George Hill, st- stop all that. Not, but like some, like a West coast school, somebody's USA basketball. I don't know if, who he met or what, but it sounds like something fishy's going on. And I wouldn't be happy at all if I was Providence and the way things are. I mean, and the other thing is I think dual dual has kind of put all of his eggs in one basket, right? The professional basketball route. Um, that's fine and well, but a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times things don't work out like they, and yes, he looks like he could play a long time in, in some league or whatever, but I mean, this is kind of an NBA type move to leave Carmel. You know, you would have had a really good team. One of the best teams in Indiana, you, you probably aren't Mr. Basketball, but you could probably uh, get your name as a finalist if you have a really good season there this year. And um, yeah, I didn't even think, I mean, I didn't think even to that level. I mean, he definitely would have been an all-star and, you know, and, you I, know, the, he, I always say one last point, Jim. I always say to kids, I say, you know, um, Jordan Hulls can come back and run basketball, Jordy Hulls basketball camps till he's 95, right? And people are going to line up. And, and it's probably the case um, with Kyle Guy. He's kind of special in that regard. But for a lot of kids that leave the state, you know, I mean, if, if Gary is on his way to becoming like a cult uh, icon, I feel like he could have. He could have made a lot of money too in Indianapolis had he's hung around. And I think, you know, a lot of people forget you when you leave, like a lot of people forget Jalen hooks used to play high school basketball in Indiana. Right. And yeah, there's some, I mean, anyway, I, I, in, I in that regard, I don't think, yeah, I don't crazy. think Garway could be held, held to that, that situation yeah. because again, they moved up here from Houston. That's yeah. But he was making a, 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 a he had a name going for himself. He, he did super hot stock riser and but anyway neither here nor there um what i do want to ask you is and and i don't i hear it brought up so much that i'm kind of you know people say well carmel shouldn't have played him jv and you know like like that was the do you think that played into this at all i mean i I understand coach's standpoint but i just feel like don't know what the family thought of it don't care yeah, um, well, I mean, I'm just saying that that he might struggled. Have been. He struggled without the basketball. We talked about it in real time. Um, his his coming out party was the Anderson game, and everything in the Anderson game was generated with his defense, and everything in the Anderson game was was. I mean, Anderson. We, look, Carmel played that game shorthanded. They they didn't. I'm going to try to remember. They didn't have Whack. They didn't have Charlie Williams. And Pete Suter got in early foul trouble. He basically played two minutes in the first half. And Carmel played that game uh, with effectively just their juniors. And Anderson, with their older kids, their seniors, were stronger than Carmel at pretty much every position. And it was 15 to 4. And I was kind of like, well, you sort of chalk this up to circumstances. It's not going to really impact anything going forward. And then the roof caved in for Anderson. Literally, I mean, like almost literally, it was like the barrage of three pointers that that started to come 
the defensive pressure and a lot of the de- all of the defensive side of that was Garway. I shouldn't say all of it, but but he was certainly the he was certainly the focal point, the spark plug that generated a lot of that. And once that game became a track meet, it was over because nobody does a better job of turning your defense into their offense than Carmel. Teams that try to run with them, teams that try to speed them up. And not, not every team that presses is doing so to try to speed people up. Sometimes they try to do it to bog them down. You make them take as much time as you can to get the ball across half court and hope you can turn them over a little bit. But, but teams that try to speed them up and give them angles and give them gaps and uh, typically pay the price for it. Uh, that's it's, it's been the emphasis of most games against Pike the last few years mm-hmm. as they try to speed things up. It just doesn't work. And once once they could sort of turn the tide defensively and they got a little traction, uh, the, the, the game, I mean, they were down 11 early and won by 28, something outrageous like that. And, and Garway sparked that. That was his coming out party. And, you know, he still struggled offensively off and on throughout the year. But, but one thing was clear defensively, he was an impact player. And I don't know, those two JV games are – who knows? I mean, I don't. If that bothered him, then fine, so be it. I just and heard he, that a lot up there at uh, um, Charlie Hughes. You know, I was just talking. Yeah, to but from whom? From whom though? No, I'm not gonna. From I'm people not. from people who would just think that that was an insult to dare to play somebody JV to make sure he was getting minutes. Yeah, not I mean, not anybody inside the situation. I'm just saying. Well, I know it wasn't anybody inside the situation, but why did I? I mean, we, just asking. I know. Yeah, I mean, I get it. There's some logic behind it, but it, if if it's if that ends up being a pride and ego thing, then pff, fine. Right. No, I'm with you. I, I at some point you got you got to be able to, um, you know, it's a kind of, kind of almost a coachability thing. Like, and yeah, I understand. I don't. I don't, I don't know where he is on that note. But no, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just saying like he just struggled without the basketball. That's just the way it is. There's a lot of kids that have never had to play without the basketball who who struggle when they who struggle when it gets to them. I mean, it's just, that's why for a lot of these kids, huh? I was just curious what, what your thoughts are being the Carmel insider that, you know, you are. Um, hey, I will say uh, word is Jalen Mullen is, is not going to play with Grand Park Premier in July. Hmm. So, Why, because he's already committed? Yeah, he committed to Oakland City. And so he didn't – He, I guess they had a little bit of a, a workout this weekend and he didn't show up to. And so they're not they're not expecting him, I guess, is kind of mm. the word I hear. And mm. I'm kind of disappointed in him because – and if I'm if I'm Oakland City, I guess, I say, hey, go out there and, and – Compete. Show – yes, show them why, why uh, Oakland City wants you and go go – go find some kids that you want to play with. And, and um, so, yeah, I think I'm a little disappointed in that regard. And I think, I don't know how that looks. Um, you know, he's got a chance to be an Indiana all-star. I mean, they're going to have a really good team this year. And uh, I don't think anything he does this month will sway his chances of being an all-star. I, I would think that okay. there's probably some of them that would say, yeah, applaud him for not playing. You don't like, they would probably say you don't need to play. You've already committed. Why, you know, why keep playing? 
Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible mentality to have that you think, and this was a mentality that I had, Jim, that's why I speak on it, is, and I'm not saying this is Jalen Mullen, I'm, I'm not, I'm just speaking in generalities, but there is a sense sometimes when you, when you commit to a school that you say, I've arrived, I'm here, mm-hmm. and you are just, and I would tell young Nick Baumgart, this is like, son, you are just getting started, so um, you got to keep getting better, and I think this was, this is a time when you look back and I mean, you know, I've got to do a lot of cool things in my life, but Hey, that, that my time playing AAU basketball and stuff with that group was really special. And, you know, you look back now and um, your teammates and different people are, you know, those memories mean a little more. I just think down the road and right now that the best move would be for him to show up and play and, and, and play his butt off in July. But, I could see there being a money issue if it's just in, not that I don't know anything about their financial situation, but I could see it. I mean, there's, I mean, I'm going to spend two grand yeah. this month. Well, it ain't that, but anyway. Well, that could be, I mean, you might know, you might know for sure, but, but again, I would imagine that somebody could help him pick up the tab. I mean, if it's the difference between difference mine. between a, a kid going to an event or not going to an event, you can you can bet that or at least I'm gonna put have have a, a way to figure out how he how the lodging can be taken care of. Now I have heard there's there's there are several kids that aren't going for money reasons, but I mean that's that's also a convenient thing, also. <laughs> a 15-year-old team in particular that's had that issue. And all I gotta say is they're lucky I'm not coaching them. Anywho, that wouldn't uh that wouldn't sit real well with me just missing just and eh, just skipping an event we don't feel like going and yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't play well in my mind no i'm not I'm sure not. I, I wouldn't i mean i do much with it on the short run but the long run at when putting together a 15 year old team hell yeah i had a kid miss an open event didn't go to orlando because he had he had concert tickets yeah nick nick is looking at me Nick, Nick is giving me the double take in the, the Zoom room here that you don't get to see, you don't yeah, get to see on our recording. Yeah, he, he didn't go. He didn't go to Orlando for the first event. We were down there for two events um, because he had concert tickets. <laughs> what I would say is this, right? There, the, you have a brand, okay, as a name. Your name is a brand. And every time you do something – whether you like it or not, people are, are, are looking, people are making judgments, people are making, um, you know, right or wrong. And, and I'm just saying that when you're a 15 year old making decisions like that, it, if it's truly a money situation, I don't know, man, I think you almost have to come up with some kind of injury, injury thing I, or, or the money or something. I mean, it's, well, yeah, it's, something it's, else. it's, it's you, you find a family that can, that would have the room to take him in for a tournament or, or if it's a, you know, your coach's room. I mean, but, but none, you of, know, my, like none of my assistants are going to Atlanta this weekend. So if I had a kid that his parents decided at the last minute, they couldn't go, it'd be like, he had the other bed. I mean, you know, or we'd take an air mattress down if it, if it was multiple kids, it, it's just, you just figure all, it out. Kids are kids. Kids just love to be, be there. Right. Kind of that thing. So, um, but, you know, so many times I see 
And it comes back to hurt you when you move schools, you move AAU programs. No, do things happen? Yes, they do. Um, be honest about it and be straightforward. As long as it's not like a habit, if there's a good reason behind it, so be it. But you, I just don't think enough people understand that these everybody's paying attention. There's a, oh, that kid moved three times. Oh, I don't care how good, how if he's six, five, if he's going to leave on me. Um, yeah. You know, they used to say the best ability is availability um, and, and reliability. And I don't think the availability part is you can't look and nobody asked me, hey, Nick, do you want to tear your ACL today? Nick, do you want a broken leg? No, I didn't. But reliability, the best ab ability to me is reliability. Honestly, yeah. you know? it really is. It really. And that's, you know, you look at it. Obviously, the money is different. You look at the NBA stuff that's going on. You look at all the crap surrounding Kyrie Irving and and, you know, it's it's there's going to be that argument that says he's he's bankrolled so much money it may not matter you know they they would consider that to be a success and that's fine um he's also put himself in jeopardy of dozens of millions of dollars if not hundreds of millions of dollars by behaving the way that he has and and in the business world if you put your business at that much risk financially, you're you're fired. It doesn't matter what you did before. You know, if you purposefully tank your brand, you're fired. Now, obviously, you can't fire yourself when you are the brand, but but that reliability issue is biting him in a butt. I've, I've been in a, entered in a debate the last couple of days about Old Depot and the money he cost himself by not being a good teammate, by being kind of um, the way he, the way he exited Indiana, the turning down money and, you know, he turned down a four year, $80 million contract uh, that was given to him. It was offered to him at a time when he was injured. So the, the franchise was showing faith in him and he turned it down. Okay. And somebody could say, well, look, he bet on himself. Okay, sure. But he also along the way was, mocking kind of his teammates he was this was reported in real time he was during warm-ups asking the other team kids or kids players in the other team if he could you know play for them or or told miami i can't wait to get you know to be able to play with you guys while he's still with the pacers and that kind of stuff doesn't sit well with your teammates that kind of stuff doesn't sit well with with uh coaches or in this case management and ownership and it's cost him a lot of money. His, his disposition cost himself, you know, what, probably $60 million. Sure. Um, you know, he just signed an $11 million contract. Okay. It's hard to feel sorry for Victor Oladipo, but again, you look at it as, as the business world looks at it as what have you done for me lately? And what he's done for himself lately has cost himself $80 million. Some of that was injury, but at the same time, some of it too is he's just not being viewed as the same. Like he was viewed as a warrior his first two or three years at Indiana. And that's dropped completely off the scene. And, and now Kyrie Irving is toxic. You know, rel reliability is a big issue.
Yeah, and a lot of it's narrative, right? I mean, there's a lot of things you can't control. There are some things that you can control. and, and... Well, and, and injuries often, a vast majority of time, are things you can't control. There's sometimes when you can, if you got to keep yourself in shape, et cetera, so forth. But, um, you know, but some of this other stuff, team hopping, bailing on teams, like even a guy like a situation like Durant, I don't view it nearly as bad because at least it's the off season. And there's never been a situation in his career when he hasn't given it his all. Not nearly the same as James Harden, not nearly the same as Kyrie. Kyrie take. Kyrie disappearing for 10 days. It's ridiculous. The most important thing to Kevin Durant is basketball. Like at the end of the day, you know that. I mean, that's yeah. what everybody says. And that's the other thing. I mean, there's. And, and maybe, and maybe that changes if he doesn't get traded because he's <laughs> Brooklyn's under no obligation to trade him. He's his, the four year extension starts. Well, started July. Well, what's today? It starts July 6th. His four year extension starts that he signed last year. Starts in two days. Durant. Yeah, Durant's. Yeah. I'm not trading. Tough it out, man. I say tough it out. Well, there's you know there's a possibility that they don't trade him. I I I'm sure they will. But if they don't, it would be interesting to see what his reaction would be. I don't understand Uh, why they feel obligated to. You know, but this is why. Well, part of it is you want guys who want to be here. I've I've been in that situation with talented kids before, where eventually you just cut to the chase and it's like, you either want to be here or you don't. So what's the most important thing to Kevin Durant? Basketball. I mean, by all reports. Yeah. So far he hasn't, he hasn't shown otherwise. That's for sure. So is he going to sack for his his legacy four years of his career? Because he doesn't, I've been plenty of places. I didn't like, I said, you know what, man up, stack up and get it done. I get it. But you've never been, you've probably not been in the position where you could, completely dictate there are very few people who can dictate their circumstances he in college and in, in college and professional athletics he can't either. he can't I mean, he, can, he can retire yeah okay do it I, at this point like what are you going to get back like oh an unprotected number one in 20 oh no they'll get oh hell no no they'll get no 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 you're are you do you watch some, some of the trades that are coming through yes i have but i'm they'll saying get the assets they'll get five. unprotected in 29 my point is you'll get a bajillion picks they'll get, three, get yeah they'll get three three future first round picks and two first round swaps. You have to take some money back on some expiring contracts that are just at least one piece, one, one asset. And then, and then contract filler is what I'd call call his bluff. There you go. I'm putting in for any GMs in the NBA. We're on a hard line. I don't think Sean Marks is going to do that. So, but it would be interesting. It would be interesting to see. I guess my point is it'd be interesting to see how he handles it. If he's still a Brooklyn net, my guess is, is he would handle it a, a great deal differently than James Harden and, Kyrie Irving did. I just thought it was funny that the Warriors were were so good without him. Anyway, yeah, well, cause when you have good management, that's what happens. So, all right, man. Anything else? No, just you know, if there's any, if you are in contact with any prospects, just tell them how much body language is important, and it doesn't matter if you're having a bad day shooting, if you're having a bad game, um, your body language talking, looking like the division one player mm-hmm. is going to get a co- coach back. You know, um, there's not a guarantee that just because you get a couple shots means the coach likes out. But if you act and look like a division one player or an NAI player, whatever level, a college player, you're talking, you're positive, you're hustling, you're upbeat, you're handing the ball, to the referee, the official, you just look like you're fun. 
on the basketball floor is going to help you out a lot in July. Good luck. Yeah, I agree. Every, every coach looks for a reason to not recruit a kid. Mm -hmm. They can shrink their list and makes things easier for them. They can shrink that list. You can also look for reasons to try to come back. Right. You say, man, I really like this kid. His coaches talk so much about him. He's yeah. He's been in foul trouble a little bit, but look, he's over there cheering. He's over there in the game. He's, he hasn't scored yet, but and they, want to see, and they want to see how you are when things aren't going well, whether it's for you or for your team, one or the other. I wrote this quote down. I was talking to a, uh, this was a, a mid to, uh, mid D one assistant, but he, I asked him about a kid and he said, he's just good enough to get some guy fired. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. Don't, there's a lot. There's a lot of, guy. there's definitely a lot of that at the NBA level. That's the, that was the, the joke for a while with LeBron good enough to get you fired. I mean, until he, you know, of course he's, he's done his share of winning now. So, but everywhere he's gone, a coach has gotten fired. So. Happy 4th of July, Jim. Yep. Happy 4th of July. Nick. So you're just going to dodge fireworks tonight. Take care of your dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, me and the pup or, uh, well, you know, she's not a pup, but anyway. We're just going to hang out here. I'm going to go watch a workout, though, this afternoon. Um, well, the, the good news for me tonight is the fireworks are literally outside my backyard. And Carmel fires them off right sort of uh, just south of downtown, and that's where I live. And I'm going to plop my lawn chair out. I got some friends coming over. Plop my lawn Hunter, chair out. We're going to look up. Lock Hunter up. I feel yeah, bad. No, I feel like Hunter's going to be, They'll be in the, the cats will be probably be in the front bedroom All hiding right. out where it's nice, dark and cool. So Take care everybody, thanks for listening to the courts. Indiana on a podcast. If you listen every week, we appreciate it. If not, what, what are you doing? Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet or desktop. We, we've gotten pretty good at that. Haven't we? As always, we'd appreciate a rating and review, and you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter and Instagram at Courtside IND. That's Courtside IND. And we do most of that. And we're probably on Twitter more than we are anything else. Box Out Sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes this season. You can sign up for a free demo at boxoutsports.com. And Zach would tell us, it's not just for basketball. It's for all sports. Like soccer. Nick, like soccer. Like girls, girls outdoor, indoor soccer. Poor Zach. Oh, well. Nick, thanks, man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having me, as always. See you.